Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Sermon on the Mount are not some nice words to hang in an office cubicle. They're not some pious platitude to put on our walls. They are words to be the very bedrock, the very foundation of our characters. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. Keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. Here is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. One of the reasons I believe the Bible is inspired is because the more you read Scripture, the more you see things in a text that you've never seen before. I have misinterpreted this text for years. So this is confession time for the preacher, right? All right. It's all right to make a mistake, but you better get it straight, right? All right. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. It's a humility that seeks to reconcile. Look at the text. Matthew 5, verse 23 and onward. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly. Now, here's the way I interpreted that text before. When I read it with Mark Finley's eyes, not with the Holy Spirit's eyes, Here's how I interpret it. If I have something between me and somebody else, I better go quickly and deal with that thing, right? That's not what the text says. All right? That's what I thought the text said, not what the text says. Let's go back. Let's look at what the text says. We're going to start there with verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Ah, ah. It's not that there's something in my heart against my brother. But I see there's a barrier between us. I see that he or she has something against me. Maybe I haven't done anything at all. But I humbly go. Because deep within my heart, I long for reconciliation. So I go humbly. Let me illustrate it. Here's a husband and a wife. She has prepared this magnificent supper. There are mashed potatoes. There are gluten steaks. What you laugh for. There is corn. There are carrots. There is vegan ice cream for dessert with soy milk. She has prepared this luscious supper. Her husband has been working all day. And she can't wait for him to come home. She's going to surprise him. She's put on her most beautiful dress. She has washed her hair and fixed it beautifully. She can't wait for her Prince Charming to come home. He's always home at 5.30. But quarter of six and he's not home. And she's a little worried. Six o'clock, he's not home. And she's more worried. And he doesn't call. And the supper is cold on the table. 
7.30, he comes home, and she says, Darling, where were you? Oh, I just stopped off to watch the ball game with my friends. And you didn't call me? You didn't text me? It's okay, honey. It's not okay. It's okay, honey. They say nothing that night. But there's a barrier. There's a barrier. Two days go by. Three days go by. Four days go by. And he's wondering, what's wrong? What's going on here? And the Holy Spirit impresses him. I was insensitive. I was insensitive to my wife. I thought more of my own needs than her needs. And he goes to her, humbly. And here's what he does not say. Honey, if I did something wrong, once they start with if, you know it's no apology at all. (laughs) Once they start with if, forget it. Don't tell me anything else. He goes to her and he says, honey, I was incredibly insensitive. You went to all that effort. I was really insensitive to that. Would you please forgive me? For the first time, he understands her pain. You can never have reconciliation with another until you understand their pain. I'm sorry. I was wrong. When you do that, not only is there reconciliation, but you are building your own character. You are building a house that's going to last. Seven great principles. We've got to move. Principle number one is a righteousness that does what, everybody? exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Principle number two in the Sermon on the Mount is what? It's a humility. A humility that seeks to reconcile at any cost. It is the willingness to say, I was wrong. If I was wrong 1% of the time and the other person 99% of the time, I'm not going to deal with their 99%. I'm going to deal with my 1%. Because I've got to get that thing right. Thirdly, there's a security that seeks only to honor Christ. Now notice, here's one that really is often misunderstood. Take your Bible, please. We're looking at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We're looking at Matthew 5, verse 39 to 42. Matthew 5, 39 to verse 42. Notice there is a security here. This is really an interesting one. Many people misunderstand this one, but when you take this into practice, you are building a character to stand the test of time. Matthew 5, verse 39. Here we go. But I tell you, not to resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. And if anyone wants to take away your tunic, let him have your cloak. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go to, I need somebody to slap. Paul, come on up here. I need to slap somebody over here. I need to slap somebody over here. Come on up here, Paul. All right. What's the Bible say? It's pretty clear, Paul. What does it say here? If anybody slaps you on the right cheek, all right, Paul, get ready. <laughs> Bible doesn't say nothing about hard, Paul. All right. Now, I'm facing Paul, Paul's facing me, right? It says, whoever slapped you on the right cheek, where's your right cheek? Here's my right hand. How am I going to slap you with my right hand on your right cheek? How am I going to do that? The only, I can't do it like this. I'm not going to get much of a wapo in. I must go like this, right? Slap you with the back of my hand. Okay, you may go down. I didn't slap you too hard, did I? <laughs> All right. Now, here's the deal. Don't miss this one. This is not talking about a horrible husband who abuses his wife. 
This is not saying that at all. If your husband's beating you up, just turn the other cheek. It's the farthest thing from that. Notice what the text says. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, I'm right-handed. I must slap him with the back of my hand. The backhanded slap was the slap that the master gave to the slave in the Roman times. It was the highest insult you could give. It was worse than spitting in your face. So this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, when you are insulted, if you want to build a character that stands the test of time, don't defend yourself. That's what Christ is saying. He's not saying submit yourself to physical violence. He's saying in the face of insult, in the face of ridicule, in the face of others talking about you, don't defend yourself. But what should you do? If they ask you to go one mile, go two. In other words, you outkind them. If you want to build a character that stands the test of time, do not overcome evil with evil. Overcome evil with what? Good. Is Jesus coming soon? Do we want to build a character that stands? How do we do that? By building on the rock of Jesus. And what does that mean? It means, one, we have to have a righteousness that exceeds the scribes and Pharisees. It means, number two, that we seek to reconcile in every instance. It means, number three, that we are willing to have a security. See, if you're insecure, you defend yourself. If you're secure in Christ, you don't have to defend yourself because Christ is your defender. You see, if you're insecure, you either have to find some kind of excuse for you did what you did because of this, that, and the next thing. But if you're secure in Christ, your honor is in Christ. Now notice, fourth point. Matthew 6, verse 1 to 3. Matthew 6, 1 to 3. There is an unselfishness that seeks only to glorify Christ. Anything we do is tainted with selfish motives. And if you want to build a character that stands the test of time, you are saying, Jesus, all I want to do is serve. I want to serve for service's sake. I want to minister for minister's sake. I want to seek the glory that only comes from Christ. Matthew chapter 6, you're looking there, verse 1. Building blocks for eternity. Matthew 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do charitable deeds, don't sound a trumpet like the hypocrites do. In other words, take the emphasis off yourself. Praise other people when you see them doing something good. Thank God for the people around you. Praise God for what they are doing. Lift others up by your words. Don't be filled with a self-seeking, inflated importance. What does scripture say? It says, serve for service sake. Bless for blessing sake. When you bless others, the joy of that is not somebody else telling you how good you are. It's the joy of service. It's the internal joy you get from blessing others. Character qualities. Fifthly, a single-minded focus that places priority on the things of eternity. In other words, be sure your priorities are straight. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break through to steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal, where your treasure is, your heart is going to be also. In other words, be sure your priorities are not all mixed up. Be sure you focus on the things of eternity. The things of time often crowd out the things of eternity. So here are character qualities that will enable us to stand in the crisis ahead. 
an internal righteousness, a knowing Christ, letting his righteousness flow through us, a humility, not an arrogance. Satan fell through pride. The scribes and Pharisees were filled with pride. Here's a humility that seeks to embrace and reconcile, a security that seeks only to honor Christ. We are slapped on one cheek. We're insulted, but we go the second mile. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com, or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. We go the second mile. We give and give and give again as Christians. Why? Because we exceed the expectations of others in Christ's name. We never respond to insults. Never respond defensively. Fourthly, there's an unselfish spirit that only seeks to serve and glorify Christ. There's a single-minded focus on the things of eternity. Have you ever noticed how the things of time want to crowd out the things of eternity? The sports events of this world strangle some people's spiritual experience. Music of this world, sometimes it strangles their spiritual life. The love of pleasure, position, honor, wealth. But the Christian has a single-minded focus. Does not mean they don't support themselves in any way, certainly not. But it means that what's most important to them is knowing Christ. There is a settled confidence, number six, that leads to unwavering trust. Notice what scripture says in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, here we go, Matthew chapter 7. And I am the first one to admit that the Sermon on the Mount is impossible to put into action. Did you hear what the preacher just said? The Sermon on the Mount is impossible to put into action. But I didn't put a period there, without the grace of Christ. When Jesus lives in your heart, changes your life, what's difficult at one time springs forth spontaneously from within. Notice Matthew 7, verse 1 to 3. Here we go. Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. With the measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you again. In other words, burn your label machine. Burn your label machine. We put labels on people. This person's liberal. This person's conservative. This person's proud. This person is this. This person's that. This person's the next. And you know what happens? Once you put labels on people, you begin seeing them through that label. And that's all you see. Once you start labeling those people, burn your label machine. Do you know the heartaches and the struggles of the other person you just labeled? Do you know the challenges that that person you just labeled faces? Do you know their background? Do you know their upbringing? Do you know their childhood and the things that shape them? Burn your label machine. 
God has called us to something better, something higher, something nobler. God has called us to respond differently. You know, one of the lovely stories I love to tell is about our little grandson, Dyson. It was early in the school year. Little Dyson, he's about seven, eight years old, seven years old now. He goes to school, and he has a new pair of shoes on. And this little kid is really excited about his new pair of shoes. And he looks, and they were a pretty nice pair of shoes. And a little girl came up to him, and she said, Dyson, your shoes are ugly. He looked up, then he looked down, he said, but your shoes are beautiful. Judge not that you be not judged. You see, if you judge other people, it's either because you're proud or insecure. One of those two. You're either proud and you feel better by putting them down, or you're insecure trying to build yourself up. What does the Sermon on the Mount say? I want to build a house that's solid. See, when the crisis comes, when the crisis comes, the only thing you're going to have is your character. That's all we're going to have, right? It's our character. Build a house through the grace of Christ by making positive choices in your life through his grace and by his spirit to live in harmony with the Sermon on the Mount. The seventh principle is this. It's an earnest prayer life that touches the heart of God. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 7. It's a devotional life that goes deep. Matthew, the seventh chapter. You're looking there at verses 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Jesus is not saying ask for a Rolls Royce and it's going to come rolling in your yard. He's saying ask for a character like Christ's. Ask for a patient spirit. Ask for a loving heart. Ask God to take away your critical tongue. Ask God to take away your judgmental attitude. Ask God to take away your self-righteousness. Ask God to do a miracle in your life. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives. And everyone who seeks finds. And everyone that knocks will be opened. Or what man is there among you? If his son asks for a bread, he'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a serpent. If you then being evil. See, this is the gift that God promises to you and me. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Holy Spirit give good things? What are the good things? A gentle spirit, a kind spirit, a compassionate spirit, a loving heart, a tolerant mind. Ask for those character qualities and you will build a house that will stand. John developed a cough. The cough was slight at first, but it persisted. His wife was insistent. John, you really have to go to the doctor. I'm going to be okay. You know, he was this macho man. Don't worry about me. I'm going to be okay. John, you got to go to the doctor. <coughs> John, you're having a hard time walking up the stairs. <coughs> John, you got to go to the doctor. Two months go by. Three months go by. John's coughing gets worse. His heart is burning. His wife said, I'm driving you to the doctor. You are going to the doctor with me. They get in the car, go to the doctor. The doctor sends them for chest x-rays. They take the appropriate blood tests. The results are in. A day or two later, John gets a phone call from his doctor. You've got to come into the office. John comes into the office. The doctor says, John, I've got bad news for you. 
it's really bad. The cancer, that little black spot that you had nine months ago that I could have treated, it's metastasized. We can't do anything. Radiation therapy, chemotherapy, we can't do anything. But John, only, only if you had come in sooner, I could have done something. Only if you would have come nine months ago, a year ago, I could have done something. The great physician invites you to come now. All of us have black spots on our soul. We have a disease that's deadly and fatal. But the great physician invites us to come. He longs to perform surgery on the soul. He longs to prepare us for the coming crisis. He longs for us to survive in the tough times ahead. In Christ and through Christ and because of Christ, we can build a foundation that will stand in the storms of life. If we would stand in the storms of life, there is one true foundation, and that is Jesus Christ living and dwelling in the heart. No storm can shake him. No winds can topple him. No external force can move him. No mighty gale can uproot him. No windy gust can blow him over. Amidst the fiercest storms, we can stand in Christ and with Christ and because of Christ. Will you let Jesus do that surgery in your heart? Will you open your heart to God right now in prayer as we bow our heads? And will you say by the Spirit, Oh, Jesus, look deep within my heart. Search my soul. Lord, give me a righteousness that's far beyond the scribes and Pharisees. Give me a humility that longs to reconcile. Give me such a security in Christ that I don't have to judge anybody else. Teach me, Lord, to serve for service sake. Lord, take me deeper. Lord, take me deeper. Deeper in your love. Deeper in your grace. Deeper in your goodness. Lord, help me build a house that's strong. Take a moment now and let God do an x-ray on your soul. Let God speak to your heart in the quietness God may do something in your life right now that you've been longing for him to do. Let him speak to you. Let the spirit touch you. Open your heart to him. Oh, my father, we sense the glory of your presence. We sense the moving of your spirit. We sense you're speaking to our hearts. Lord, the storm is coming, relentless in its fury. And we long by the grace of God. We long by the power of the Holy Spirit to be wise builders, to listen to the sayings of Christ and to put them into practice in our life. Father, we pray that the Sermon on the Mount will not be something that we paste on the wall, but something written indelibly in our heart, that we would learn to live like Jesus and love like Jesus and see other people like Jesus sees them and serve like Jesus served 
for the glory of his name, not the glory of our names. Take away all pride and arrogance. Take away all judgmentalism. Take away all intolerance. Take away all self-centeredness. Where the things of time have crowded out our lives, may the things of eternity fill our hearts. Now, Father, send us from this place anchored in the rock of Jesus. Send us from this place filled with his love, redeemed by his grace. And may his righteousness flow out of us in Christ's name. Amen. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Fenley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.